Hi, this is the See You Next Tuesday podcast. We have dirty words and shit potholes throughout the entire episode. Our name literally spells Kant. How could you not know what was coming? Thanks for listening. Venues. We're at my place now. My place. No. I mean, hers is a little bit nicer. No. Disagree. I love your home. It's so comfy. It feels like like there's love everywhere. It's really nice. Oh, I just hate that couch we have to sit on. Oh. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> You're like, I just don't want to sit on this couch anymore, guys. <sighs> How are y'all? We're good. Living our best life. And we paused a sip. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be living a better life if I'd won the lottery this week. Dude, it was pretty big, yeah? I mean, it's big. I, don't, I mean, <laughs> but big. let's get real. If I won one of those little lotteries that was like $200,000, I would still be happy. Absolutely. Which, honestly, now, I, from what that guy won, what for the, the $2 billion or whatever, and he got only like $400 million, that's probably how much you would get if you won like over a million now. Probably. What the fuck? I'm still just shocked at how much they took out. Like, I get the government's going to take its cut, but you, like, literally took almost the entire thing. Like, what the hell, man? I mean, I just, here's the deal. I just want enough to pay off my house and my cars so I can quit my job. Right. Yeah. That's my end game. My end game's not billions of dollars. Right. My end game's to quit my job, which means paying off my house and my car. So then it, yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. If you're my boss, sorry. Those, them's the breaks, kids. <laughs> That's what's going on with me in my life right now. Huh. So speaking of my life right now, you know my neighbors across the street, you know how I told you it's real weird, like we never see them and stuff? Yeah. So um, I don't know if I ever told you, right after they moved in a couple of years ago, um, we were going to run errands one Saturday morning, and they had a car in their driveway, and the back door was wide open. And so I told Big D, I'm like, hey, I'm going to run. I was like, stop. I'm going to run and knock on the door and tell them their door's open in case they want to make sure that somebody didn't break in and it just got left open, whatever. Right. Because I'm a nice neighbor. Right. right. Yeah. So the dude was a dick. What? what do you mean? He was like, I don't give a shit. Get out of my fucking lawn essentially basically yeah what he was like looked at me like what the fuck are you doing on my porch okay thanks bye shut the door didn't even go check out his car then like a couple weeks later the wife was coming home she was in her garage and i did the wave and hi she gave me the stink eye the fuck so we were like fuck you we're done with you. If someone breaks in your house and the cops ask us, hey, do you have a doorbell camera? We're going to go, mm, doesn't reach that far. Sorry. Pretty much. We're done. So the other day, Thursday, I think, I'm getting my mail. The mailbox above mine had keys in it. It was a car key, a house key, and the mailbox key. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's the key fob, you know? Yep. The electronic key fobs. Important things. Very expensive. Yes. Sky's dark. 
thunder's rumbling, the sky's about to open up and it's about to start raining. So I'm like, I don't want to leave these keys here. It's going to ruin this key. Yeah. I know how expensive they are. Yep. I pull them out. I'm like, okay, it's a Kia. I'm going to match it up with the cars in the driveway, right? Yep. Pull in my driveway. It's the box above mine. So I know the house has to be close to mine. Sure. Cross the street, couple up. I'm like, Kia, I'm going to go there. And I know the husband in that house because they helped me out when someone um, hit Big D's work truck. Oh. So I'm like, I know they're nice. Walk over there. Ding dong. Hey, are these your keys? She's like, no, they're not. She's like, but what box were they in? I'm like, they were in box XYZ. She's like, oh, well, we're box this. So it must be that house over there. Girl, I have lived there for like eight years. I didn't know our box numbers are the last two digits of our house number. Uh, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, how would you, how would anybody? Wow, okay. I didn't realize yeah, that. I wouldn't have either, so <laughs> who knows? So I felt stupid, but I'm like, thanks so much. And now the fat drops are starting. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, so it's that house right there. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's the people across the street from me. Of course, right? So fat drops are starting. It's not full-blown raining, but you know the slow fat drops that start before a thunderstorm? Yep. So I, I for a minute I go, I could go stick these back in their box, but I've been spotted. Yeah. With the keys. Yep. And now the neighbor knows you have the keys. And then if right. it gets around, then it's like, oh, she had them last. Right. Yeah. I go, ding dong. They have glass in their door. Who still has a big piece of glass on their door? That's dangerous, y'all. Yeah. Well, and if is it frosted or is it, you know, like you can see right through it? It was like, had the cuts in it. Mm. You know? You know, like beveled or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And so I can see a kid in there. And so I'm going to wait till someone opens at this point. Right. I'm in it to win it. Drops are still dropping. Thunder's still going. So the lady opens the door. And I'm like, hi. I found these keys in the mailbox. Are they yours? Snatches them, looks at them, and goes, yeah, they're mine. Closes the door. <gasps> What the fuck, man? I'm like, next time... Yeah, no. I'm going to let your shit get ruined and or let somebody break into your house. You're dead to me. Yeah, exactly. You're dead to in me. In fact, if I see said person breaking into your house, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk over there and I'm going to go, hey, bro, I got moral obligations and I believe in karma, so I got to call the police, but I'm going to give you about 10, 15 more minutes to snatch whatever you can feel in your arms and then I'm going to call. Heads up. <laughs> Jeez. What is that? That is so rude. Like, I've never had the experience, but also, like, I don't understand. That makes no sense to me. Like, not even a thank you. Not even like a, oh, thanks so much. Yeah. Like, I get along with all my neighbors. Yeah. All my neighbors. That's very odd. It's definitely them. I mean, again, this is the same house that we don't even know people were living in. Like, I thought it was vacant. I honestly. thought, until I saw the kid in the glass and the wife, I kind of thought the husband being murdered them. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> you weren't really sure where the, where the wife was for a moment. And you're like, ah, uh, where is everybody I'm right like, now? I'm like kind of relieved that she's not dead. Yeah. But now I'm like, fuck you, cunt. Yeah. That's it. It's three times too. It wasn't yes. like it was just an, uh, maybe she's having a bad day. This is like three repeated times of rude. Yes. Yes. Wow. So I don't know. Forget him. Yeah. Whatever. Like I said, if I see someone robbing their house, I'm going to do the moral obligation and call the cops, but I'm going to give the robbers a good 10, 15 minute <laughs> warning before I call said cops because I believe in karma and I don't yeah. karma and get me. So I got to call the police, yeah. but and they're going to get a warning. Yeah. You don't want to be a total like negligent citizen, but at the same time. I'm just going to slowly dial nine, one. <laughs> Dude, I'm calling now. Nine, one, one. It's ringing. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to report a robbery. Are you done yet? You're good? You're good? Yeah, I'd like to report a robbery. He's just finishing up. I mean, what? <laughs> Am I an accomplice? No. It just, you know, shit happens. Let's just say that much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, I don't have any updates on my end. I'm boring. <laughs> Honestly, just nothing's going on. I wish I was boring. Uh, <laughs> hopefully we can trade <laughs> sometime soon here. I know. But I also know you've been doing a lot of research on your person, so we probably should get into it. You guys, I'm going to warn you. I read a book, and normally when I read a book, it's like two parts, right? Yeah, normally. This is four. (laughs) So you guys are about to gear up for a four-part series from Amanda, and she's done a lot of really good work on this, so I'm really excited. I I read a book, I did some online research, and I watched a Pierce Morgan episode. I mean, that's a lot, considering you work six days a week, and you have a family. Yeah. And, and I cook dinner have, three nights a week. Yeah. Somehow you just have a life. So that's amazing. I, I don't have a life, but. <laughs> so you want to get into it? I do. Okay. So Penny and Terry Caffey Caff- met at a revival meeting at the Garland Church. Garland, Texas? Yes. Oh, my God. Y'all, Texas. You oh know how God. much I love a Texas murder because Texas murders are not like an Ohio murder. They're an extra special level of crazy. Only Texan level of crazy. So. Yeah. That's why it's four parts. <laughs> it's like, there's that much crazy? <laughs> Shit. You know, you have like Florida murders and you have mm-hmm. Texas murders. They are very different. But they're just as equally crazy. Yes. Yes. Okay. I went from Florida to Texas. I'm, I appreciate that. I try to spread it around. <laughs> so Terry was 24 and Penny was 21, and the relationship moved fairly quickly. The couple um, was married within eight months. Ooh. Yeah. When was this? 1920-whatever? No, 91. No, no. 91? Oh, that's bad. Well, 90. That was 90. Still. <laughs> like, 1920, you know, just 70 years <laughs> off. You know. I mean, it was a good guess. Yeah. But they met at a revival. Yeah. A church revival. Oh, that's right. Okay, so 
Now I'm back in. Yes, that's a normal amount of time. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's a normal time. So they had their first child July 27th, 1991. A little baby girl they named Erin. Cute. And then June 8th, 1994, they followed that up with Matthew, who everyone called Bubba. Oh, my Lord. Texas. We got a Bubba. I've always wondered how they get the Bubba. Because, like, sometimes people are born a Bubba. You know what I mean? You're like, that's a Bubba. Other times you're like, how did you get this nickname? Now, in all of my extensive research, yes, I don't know. Damn it, Amanda. <laughs> no, I, you, I need to know the entomology 45 of pages Bubba. of research and I have failed you. <laughs> I do love a good Bubba, though. Okay, so are we going to be talking about a Bubba? Please. I'm not going to tell you oh, who it is it. yet. I was, I was like, I have 45 pages to tell you. Glory. I still can't believe that. <laughs> Honestly, like I said, you did miss your calling. You are an English major, though, right? Okay, so... Journalism. English. English, yes. So I have a... My degree is in... They called it Universal Studies. I had three different concentrations underneath that, and English oh, was one of them. Got it. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. So yes, English was one of my... That makes so much more sense. English, yeah. history. Yeah. And human development and family studies. Oh, so literally you're using your degree... <laughs> For a podcast. Oh my God. Because you know I don't use it for my real job. <laughs> Who the fuck does, man? Like, honestly, legitimately, and y'all know, right? Like, all of y'all with degrees, you understand this, right? It's, unless you're like an engineer, a doctor, some sort of scientist, right? Lawyer. Your degree, I was like, why the fuck did I get this expensive piece of paper? What What did I do? Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> but, hey. Which explains... This. Yes, it does. Okay, then April 18th, 1999, Tyler completed their family. So they were a family of three. Cute. So we got a five part family two mom, dad, two boys, and a girl. Two boys and a girl. Okay. So the Kathy fa- Why do I keep saying Kathy? Kathy. C A F F E Y. Okay, Kathy. Got Kaffee. it. Kathy. The Caffey family lived in Alba, Texas. It's a rural community between Tyler and Sulphur Springs. And it has a whopping, guess how many people? 45. 492. Ooh, love it. Alba is 80 miles east of Dallas. Ready for its claim to fame? Oh, please. Nearby, Lake Fork. Lake Fork was created and stocked with 732,514 Florida black bass between 1979 and 1987. There are 315 miles of shoreline and has a fishing retreat for locals and tourists. It became the bass fishing capital of Texas with people coming from everywhere as far as Japan to go fishing there. Holy crap. First of all, I don't foresee Japanese people as big fishermen, but anywho... Well, they are a giant island uh, surrounded by water, so... Yeah. They kind of are. <laughs> but, but you, you know... Yeah, like bass fishermen specifically. Yeah. It's a very different type So, of I'm used to, like, Texas fishermen. Yes. And I don't... I can't put yeah. a Japanese person in that role. Right. You're thinking Carhartt, there's camo... Right. There's bass the boats. fish boat. Yeah. You know the fish boat I'm yes. talking about. Yep. My brain doesn't wrap around that. No compute. 
So when the people of Alba go to town, they go to Emory, which has a mm-hmm. population of a whopping 1,241 people. Ooh. We're getting on Eden, Texas numbers, which is 45 minutes outside of San Angelo, which is in West Texas. Mm-hmm. Watch out. You must be a big old city. So Emory has three stoplights, one grocery store, and 17 churches. Oh, my Lord. What the fuck? 17 churches. That, that absolutely explains it. That's, that is rural America. That's yes. exactly how yes. it is. Yes. Or Oklahoma. <laughs> Literally, you know, all of Oklahoma is like Welcome that. to East Texas, y'all. Yep. So, the foreign-born and college-educated in the population are below average. Yes. And um, guess how many homeowners identified as part of the LBGTQ community? One. Zero. Oh, damn. That's right. Welcome to the country in Texas in the early 2000s. Yep. So, the teenagers would drive from Sonic to the Dairy Queen for fun. That would be their fun. Yep. Guess what else they would do? D- uh, tip cows. Yep. Yes. Cow tipping. Yes. So it's weird that I knew that. <laughs> like instantly. Let, let's tell all the northern folk oh, man. what cow tipping is. Listen up, Canada. Listen up, our <laughs> Canadian friends. Yes. Cow tipping is where you sneak up on a cow while they're asleep because they sleep standing up uh-huh. and you literally push it over. Yeah, it's not a creative name. Nope. <laughs> but at um, least you know what's about to happen. Yeah. So, but here's a plus about living in a small town. It kind of makes teenagers behave because if they didn't, everyone knew about it. Oh, God, yeah. And everyone's a- your mom. Everyone's your grandma. They're telling on your ass. Yes. And according to an Emory resident, when she was asked what constituted trouble in Emory, she said cow tipping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you do see the kids out there tipping cows, you're like, yeah, kids, get off the land, tipping the cows, damn it. And then you go back inside and finish the wheel. Or, or actually, yeah, no, the wheel. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it came out at night. And, you know, anyway. Yeah. I mean, so. Yeah. That's, you know. <sighs> So, like, with any small town, people knew the Caffey family. They knew Penny played the piano at the Miracle Faith Baptist Church on Sundays, and that Terry was a home health aide and a lay preacher. Okay, we all know that I don't know the churchy things, so I did all the hard work for you guys. A lay preacher is someone who claims to be a preacher, but is not formally ordained. So, think Jim Bob Duggar or any other cult leader. And according to Todd McGee, the preacher of the Miracle Faith Baptist Church, and I'm quoting, in our church, you don't have to have a formal education, but you need the basic understanding of the scriptures. Some churches will license a preacher first on a temporary basis and then ordain him later. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. It's it, it, like rural. It's very common in rural areas. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, because there's just not enough people to go out there and they can't pay them as big a salary as other yeah. larger communities can have. So they'll just ordain someone there. You know, and it leaves more interpretation to how you feel that things should go. Hey, you know, you live, you laugh, and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anywho... So, um, 
Bubba is what people called a, and I'm quoting, these are not my words, people, a Christian soldier. Little Bubba. They called, wait, Bubba was the term they used for Christian soldiers, or that's what they called him? That's what they called Bubba. Bubba was a little Christian soldier. Oh, got it. Okay. Who would preach the word and witness. He had a favorite Bible passage. Oh, please tell me what it is. Isaiah 40, 31. Mm. Let me read it to you Mm -hmm. for those who are not preachy like me. Mm -hmm. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. He included this on his me sheet for school. He also listed his goal to have fun and learn his great. Oh, to have fun and to have fun and learn. His greatest achievement was I learned to play five instruments and his favorite pastime was fishing. All right. You will never guess his favorite song. Okay. Wait. Super Christian or Christian on the surface? You're never going to guess it. It's not. It's either going to be Jars of Clay, something bullshit like that, or it's going to be like Limp Bizkit. Right? Sweet Home Alabama, Leonard Skinner. Even better. It's even better than I could have imagined. That's great. Country. Yeah. That's a good ass song. I I know. I love this song. song. I was like, (laughs) Bubba, you can come ride in my truck. Yeah. You can be my passenger. Yeah. Jam out with the fucking... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was the like... Skinner? Bubba, we'll jam out to Leonard Skinner, but you're going to hold on to your Christian soldier bullshit and not talk. You didn't want him quoting Isaiah at you? No. Okay. <laughs> so then we have Tyler, who was similar to his brother, but because he was younger, he still hung close to his parents. You know how little kids are. Yeah. You know, they're like... He's a baby. Yeah. And... He, he was still a little shy. Um, Jared Carlisle, the former police chief, said Tyler hadn't come out of his shell yet. So he was still, you know. And everyone knew Aaron as the pretty blonde who worked as the Sonic car hop. Oh, Honestly, cute. I'm shocked they had a Sonic. Um, but, you know. But that's all they had. Remember, they would they would uh, go from the Sonic to the to where? To the DQ. To the DQ. I yeah. mean, the DQ doesn't shock me. Yeah, in the South, every teeny tiny small town has a DQ. Absolutely. And also, so you know, Dairy Queen down here has food. That's why. It has the food and the ice cream. There are some Dairy Queens that only have more up in the North, only have the ice cream. Shut your face. They don't have the Hunger Buster. They don't have the Hunger Buster. They don't have the steak. They don't have the tacos. They don't have the tacos. Yeah. Oh, if you've never experienced a DQ taco, you run. Don't walk and get yourself the fucking DQ taco. Dude, that food is so bad for you. It's delicious. Like it is like, you know, when you're eating it, you're like, this is bad. You're like, I'm getting um, a clogged artery right now. It's fucking delicious. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's probably why it's because it's a food source, you know, like it has all the foods. But I'm shocked by Sonic. Yeah. Sonic is a little more upscale, shall we say? I mean, they, you park. For one, you don't do it just a drive-through, right? Right. And the car hops is a nice feature. I always want yes. to be a car hop too, so Aaron's kind of living my dream. Yes. Um, but they also knew her for her beautiful singing voice because oh. she would sing the solos at the Baptist church on Sundays while her mom would play the piano. And it was said she had a voice like an angel, 
and she would spread her arms out while she sang, and at times her devotion while singing would bring her to tears, and she would have to stop and compose herself. Yeah. That's pretty normal churchy stuff. So, so far, I'm not seeing how you have another 44 pages of, uh, everything sounds great. Everyone seems to be living their life. They're living their best life. Yeah. What's the problem? Maybe I lied. Maybe I'm going to be done here in a second. Okay, cool. So, the kids went to, um, the school, the kitchen table. Oh, so you're saying they're homeschooled? Yeah. It took me a minute. I was like, uh, I haven't heard of that school before. (laughs) Of course, they're homeschooled. Dude, early 2000s, homeschooled, yeah, that was pretty common. Our country also at the time was, um, we had Bush. You got to think of like the era that we were in. It was very much a conservative era of the United States. And if I remember correctly, because I went to a a Southern Baptist school for uh, high school, actually, there was a lot of like this new, like Jesus freak movement came back around. You know, so it started, it was back WWJD. in the 70s. WWJD. Yeah, the WWJD bracelets and all that shit started really ramp back up late 2000s or, or late 90s, early 2000s. So this is all fitting. A very normal picture according to how I was raised in Texas. And I'm saying normal in quotes, you know. Uh, so it feels very much like, yep, this is all tracking. <laughs> yep. So, um... The kids were well-mannered. They were shy, but well-mannered. Um, and they actually were only homeschooled for about three years. Um, and But it said that the cafes, they were strict. Um, but the kids were polite and well-disciplined. Are we shocked they were strict? I'm not. No. Country, religious, equals strict. Yep. 100%. Let me tell you a little bit more about their faith because it's going to come up again. So they were actually missionary Baptists, and missionary Baptists put an emphasis on evangelism, promoting mission efforts at home and abroad, where Southern Baptists appealed to um, a large following, but missionary Baptists don't have such a large following. And one of the things that the two factions disagree over is women being ordained. Mm, Yes, my Lutheran church would not allow that. So the Southern Baptists actually decreed that over 2,000 women would, could not become pastors who led congregation, congregations, but certain factions believed that women should be ordained, while missionary Baptists would never even consider a woman being ordained and leading a church. Um, so a church friend of Terry's said, and I'm quoting, not my words, not my words, Women play a magnificent role in the church. The church wouldn't exist without them. But the Bible says that women shall never teach over men. Yep, that's how I was raised. Kind of sounds like the fundy of the Baptists, huh? Yeah, it's the more conservative sect inside the Baptist church. Just like the Lutherans have three. They have like a, hey, we, we accept gays. Women can be pastors. And there's a middle ground. It's like, eh, we don't like gays, but women can be pastors. And then there's my church, which is... Women aren't allowed to talk. It's they're seen and not heard. Gay people don't exist. And it's extremely, extremely conservative. So, you know how on our Patreon episode where we discuss the all things... Duggar? Mm-hmm. Yes. We never touched on missionary Baptists. Yeah, no. I, because they, they never said what they were and they still haven't. Right. So, I think what they... 
this is personal opinion, of course. I feels like the Duggars kind of pick and choose from all the evangelical religions. Whatever fits their um, racist, homophobic, mm. anti-gay mm. agenda. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they kind of like make it their own. That's right. what it feels like to me. So, But I kind of feel missionary Baptists fit their oh, agenda as well. Yeah, because they go on mission trips a lot. They mm-hmm. they highly, they really align with that. So yeah, mm-hmm, you're probably mm-hmm. right. See, I'm, I'm shocked this never came up in any of our research. I know because... Well, the Baptist whole did, but not mission, not missionary. Baptist. No, interesting. No. Hmm. I mean, the whole lay preacher situation. Yep, none they, of them were ordained. No, I think one of them did. Right, when their kids get ordained, no. hmm. Jim Bob and he. Yeah, I'm just saying. Damn. Okay, I think I cracked that code. <laughs> I think we figured it out, guys. <laughs> so, back to the cafes. Yes. In the cafe house, there was little time spent on secular things. Right, of course. Um, not only did they attend church services on Sunday, they went to Wednesday night bubble, Bible, bubble study. <laughs> bubble study. <laughs> I can't even say the word. Um, Bible study. Penny and the kids practiced their gospel songs at home. Saturdays were spent with Penny cooking a meal to take to church on Sunday. And there was also family Bible time where they discussed the finer points of the scripture. Mm-hmm. Their faith even entered into their careers. Terry was a home health aide that assisted the housebound, and Penny was a driver for Meals on Wheels. They could have had more higher-paying jobs, but to them, they were helping out others that society had forgotten or overlooked. And that's the Christian thing to do, right? Well, yeah. If, if they're really helping others, then yeah. I would say live your, if you're living your faith... Great. Perfect. Do, believe what you want to believe. Support who you want to support. Totally fine with that. So if you hadn't figured it out, um, the fact that they attend the Miracle Faith Baptist Church, they're a very conservative family. Newsflash. Mm-hmm. And so the Miracle Faith Baptist Church congregation must agree to a number of Covenants, including not drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is from a biblical passage. Which one is that? I have always wondered because, you know, Jesus converted water to wine at a party. So. Just saying. Galatians 5, 19 ah, through 21. Equating intoxication with hearsay, sorcery, fornication, and idolatry and other evils. Needless to say, you cannot buy booze in Rains County. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so let's not go to Rains County, Texas. I don't see a point. I don't see why we would ever be there. I mean, it also, it's so funny because I don't know if this is true anywhere else, but definitely here in the South, there are still, like that, counties that are dry. Dry counties. And there's also counties that don't like to have, like, sex shops or, like, any sort of, like, strippies inside them. So right outside the county line is a liquor store, a bar, and an adult bookstore and or a strip club. All, boom, almost like lined up. But It's so dumb. Hey, church wives, guess where your husbands go? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guess where their, their, their errands take them a little bit too long for some reason sometimes? On Friday night when they're playing poker with the boys, guess yeah. where they really are? Mm-hmm. Visiting the other wives' daughters at their strippy. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's ridiculous. Just it, saying. It is pretty funny, though, especially because, like, when you drive through now, and some, some cities now just kind of bled into each other, mm-hmm. and obviously those roles have gone away, but then you'll just see 
strip club, adult bookstore, and then a liquor store. And you're like, oh, this must have been a county line. <laughs> this is the county line. Like, you know where it is. Yep. You know? So, remember how I said the kids were homeschooled? So, they started homeschooling when Aaron was in the eighth grade. Because when Aaron was in public school, I don't know if I can say this straight face. A girl tried to kiss Aaron. And the Caffies abruptly pulled their children out of school a month into the academic year. And Penny began teaching them a Bible-based curriculum at home. To the Caffies, bisexuality was a serious threat. Mm-hmm. And Terry said his family was shocked by a culture of bisexuality. Yep. <laughs> Terry went as far as to blame um, the bisexual culture for consuming his daughter. And, okay, I do not know how bisexuality could have anything to do with anything because his daughter was dating dudes. Yeah, it sounded like maybe, and who knows what actually happened. Again, what actually happened. It may have been a girl playing a prank as well. Yeah. I mean, everyone, we do stupid shit, right? Yeah. It's cool. Um, but if she really was interested in her and she was like, you know, hey, and then kissed her, it doesn't mean that your daughter then is like infected. Like or anything. Or, like what are you talking about? Kids lie. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron may have just not liked this girl yeah. and lied. It's true. Yeah, anything could have happened, but okay. Whatever. Or this could just be a religious person blaming something that they don't agree with for something just because they don't agree with it. It's not even relevant. Right. Like, it's just... It goes against their views, and of course they're going to pull their kids out. Again, this all tracks. To me, yes. I'm like, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So Terry later spoke out and said his previous statement was misunderstood and that I just spoke of one incident while my daughter was attending school there. Many people think that's the reason why we homeschooled. That is not the case. Aaron was having a learning disability, and I have high respect for the school and the citizens of Raines County. We're backtracking now. Okay. We're backtracking. Now, that's not the case. I mean, honestly, if your child has a learning disability, it's probably better for them to be in school than homeschooled right because they can get the resources they need i would like to think and again educators help us that there would be specially trained teachers who have gone to school to teach special needs children that's right. why they exist and it could be for any anything it, it doesn't have to always be um you know a disability it like, could be a learning disability it could be any sort of thing so yeah i would i would me personally if i had children would put them in the hands of a specialized person who knows how to handle that versus me. And I don't even know the first clue how to handle, you know, dyslexia or whatever, right. you know, I would be able to teach my dyslexic son. It, yeah. Right. Like, because it's like, how do I explain this in a way that'll make you understand and learn? Like, I don't know. So, exactly. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah. Makes sense. Like I could get, a, I could try to teach my son and get upset with him for not learning something when right. really he is learning it. It's just his dyslexia. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. I'm just spitballing here. So a a psychological report would later say that Terry wanted to homeschool his daughter to keep her away from the negative influences at her school. Aaron was prone to thrill-seeking. When the family removed Aaron from public schools, the father noted many girls proclaimed themselves to be lesbian 
and psychological data indicates Aaron likely had issues in this area. Well, of course Aaron was prone to thrill-seeking. She was virtually a prisoner in her own home. She only knew religious things, and of course she wanted to experience other things. Was Aaron a lesbian? I don't know, and I don't fucking care. But I could see her being ashamed if she did have those tendencies, because that would definitely not be okay in this home that she's a fucking prisoner in. Right. And and also, you know, so it she's... Sounds like well, she's a teenager, right? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like like basically most everybody goes through the developmental stages of experimenting and trying things that you don't wouldn't normally do at home because you're around a new set of people, good or bad. You know, like sometimes you fall in with a bad crowd. Other times you fall in with a crowd that's great and they just do stupid shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. you just... It's kid stuff. So you have to go through these experiences to be developed to become a full, well-rounded adult. And so but it sounds like she's just being are, a regular person. And her, But her parents are so, like... Controlling because of how they're raised. And, and again, but this is the thing is, from, from my experience, they don't see it that way. They don't see that they're being controlling. What Basically, this is how they view the world is. We are living on a secular planet. We ourselves are the only people who know the right way to live. And we're going to live that way. And we're also going to, you know, live our Christian values by hopefully doing charity work and things like that, you know, helping our community. And so because of that, anytime the secular world inserts itself into our world, we immediately reject it, testify about Jesus Christ to their faces, and then make sure that our children also know, hey, this is not an acceptable way to live. They don't see that as a bad thing. They see that as, of course, this is what we should do as stewards of Jesus Christ. We ourselves are little, Christian means little Christ. So therefore we need to act like Jesus Christ at all times, in all points of our life. Everything we do, say, read, listen to, people we talk to absolutely need to know that we are Christians and we live our life as Christians. So that's, to them, they are doing the right thing. In their um, own mind. Well, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so another psychological report stated that the history implies Erin desired to be sexual before her homeschooling ever began. And all these attributes derived from a strong develop, developing borderline personality core. The potential to experience southern, sudden eruptions of anxiety, depression, or anger that resulted in substance abuse, self-injury, or impulsive aggregation. Aggression. Sorry. Erin appears to have had for years, possibly preceded by attachment issues and even um, sexual abuse. But if Erin had been abused, no one knew about it and there was no suggestion or evidence a family member was involved. I'm just going to say this. I don't think Erin was ever sexually abused and I don't really know where this came from, but I, I don't agree with it at all. So this was a psychological test done after i'm assuming things happen of course that we're going to get to eventually but they're basically saying that she has borderline personality disorder due to some sort of abuse in childhood yeah but i don't i don't agree with any of that i think it would to me it would even be more like a ptsd situation from all this um trauma and controlling behavior from her parents than I don't think yeah. she was ever sexually abused, ever. Right. It just feels like she's letting letting loose, finally. Yeah. 
She's just being a teenager and rebelling against yeah. all these strict rules her parents put into place. That's all it is. Right. I mean, that's all I think it is. Right. Again, opinion. We, it's just we don't opinion. know. We haven't <laughs> evaluated this person. I, I've never talked to her. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, you didn't. You didn't call her up for research purposes. Damn it, Amanda! I really wish you would go with the next step. Come on. <laughs> Google didn't give me her number. <laughs> So in 2002, because of Aaron's academic issues, that's when um, Terry and Penny took her to the community clinic where she was diagnosed with ADHD and she was prescribed Adderall. Oh, okay. I mean... This was also back in the time when they would just literally like blanket, you have ad- you have ADHD. It was like, okay, not everybody did. Yeah, they this was when teachers were diagnosing kids. <laughs> it's like, that should not happen, no. Yeah, so... Homeschooling was horrible for Erin because she was, you know, a social butterfly and now her social circle was restricted to just the church and she didn't have many friends. So this took its toll on her and that's when at 16 in 2007, she was allowed to get her job at Sonic. Okay. I was wondering because I'm like, I'm actually surprised they let her do have a job. I mean, it's not unchristian to have a job, but like to be like a car hop is could be considered salacious if she wore like shorts with those roller skates you know what i'm saying like yeah oh my god like she's showing her legs or some shit you know so one of her co-workers described her as and i'm quoting so sheltered it was like she was seeing the world for the first time yeah and aaron was the only employee to serve the customers on skates I fucking love, I love it. when I go to Sonic and someone rolls out on the skates. Me too. This is how you get me to tip you at Sonic. Oh my God. It, 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 seriously, legitimately, it's amazing. I freaking love it. it I also understand it's really difficult because it, they don't make it easy on them. They got the goddamn curbs right there. Why don't they make it like a slope? I know. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I know how much the people at Sonic make, so mm. I don't tip mm. on principle because I waited tables and I only made $2 an hour. <laughs> Two thirteen. thank you very much. But if you roll out on those fucking skates, I give you all the money. <laughs> They're great. I fucking love Sonic, man. She gets Sonic after this. Yeah. It's been like right up the road. Yeah. All right, cool. Done. They have the best cheese sticks. Do they? I, I, I don't go to Sonic for the, the cheese sticks. I go with the slushies and the tater tots. You've never had the cheese sticks? I mean, you probably have at one point, but... Uh, you do not know what you're missing out. I... I guess I don't. Did you have their um, Sour Patch Kids slush when they yes, had that? Yes, I've been having that consistently, and it's been a problem. <laughs> it is fucking amazing. It's so good. It's so good. Ugh. Okay, back to the cafes. So Penny and Terry knew Aaron wanted to start dating, but of course they didn't approve. And Terry told a reporter... She was wanting to date all these little thugs and wouldn't, who wouldn't work and these little bums and troublemakers. She was drawn to them. It was aggravating. Well, Terry, could it be because you fucking locked her up like Rapunzel in her, all her life until you allowed her to get a job? Go fuck yourself, Terry. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. I mean... She's going to try to find someone who's the direct opposite of the situation she's in, and that's what yeah. she did. Yes. Yes. Then Aaron did what I think is awesome because it's a huge fuck you to her parents because they saw it as she was shaming the entire family. Oh, God. 
I love this. What did she did she shave her legs? One day at a fellowship meeting, Terry learns. So somebody else told Terry at the fellowship meeting at the church. Uh-oh. Yep. Man, you don't gossip too much at church. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So Terry learned that Aaron was making out with a boy. <gasps> she considered her boyfriend at a picnic table. And other kids were watching. What? Oh, it gets better. It might as well have been a full-blown orgy. The boy slipped his hand up her skirt. <gasps> Y'all, this is no way for a good Christian girl to act, and sex is only for the marriage bed. Her daddy was a, a lay preacher? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. That's all, You know what? You could have cut all that, all 14 paragraphs down to, she was a preacher's daughter. And then I'd been like, oh, okay. <laughs> got it, got it, got it, got you it. You just disregarded my whole thing. <laughs> Now, of course she... Are you fucking kidding me? Again, normal. This is all okay, and... Terry forced her and the boy to break up. Like, I feel like I just need to stop. She's disregarding my all my research. Why are you... No, I'm not disregarding <laughs> it. I'm just saying, like, I forgot that she's a preacher's daughter. I mean, honestly, I'm surprised the boys weren't total shitbirds. Well, so, Terry actually wasn't currently... He called himself a lay preacher, but I don't have anywhere in here that he had actually started preaching yet. Oh, well then, d- dude, I'm the I'm the uh, the king of Prussia. Okay, well I'm the queen of Astoria. Sweet, like you know we could just say that. I can say that we because say I named my house Astoria. Remember. So, while working at Sonic, Aaron met 17-year-old high school senior Charlie Wilkinson. Oh, hey, Charlie. What's up? Charlie and his friend, Tannis Condit, rolled up to the Sonic because, as we discussed, there was nowhere else to go. Nothing else to do, so... I guess they had already had DQ that week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta mix it up. You know. So, Charlie watched Aaron as she helped other customers, and as she rolled back into the restaurant, Charlie told Tannis... I'm going to marry that girl. Cute. See, that's cute. Charlie gave Aaron his number before they even ordered, but Aaron never called. Ooh, girl. Hard to get. Like it? She claimed she lost his number. Uh Uh-huh. But guess what? He was able to meet her anyways because at some point he dated her step-cousin. Y'all, this is a small town. It happened. Less than 500 people. You don't need Craigslist misconnections to find people. No. You're like, oh, that's your step cousin, sister's aunt's uncle who went to this thing, who works at this location. Oh yeah, no, I know his sister's friend's cousin. You know, whatever. let me let me get y'all together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like time. that. So Charlie was country through and through. He wore Wranglers, cowboy boots, a large belt buckle, and a black western hat. On his MySpace page, yes, yes, he nicknamed himself Hillbilly. All right. Okay. And his password was Jack Daniels. Oh, Jesus. Charlie was known as a hothead, but he had never been in legal trouble or serious trouble at school. He was, he was that, he was that boy. Yeah. I know that boy. We all know that boy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here in Texas, we all know yeah, that boy. True. I'm sure up north y'all have an equivalent. Yeah. I couldn't, I, y'all have to tell us. Tell me about it's him. He's like the, hey, oh. Tell you know, me like about that him. guy with like the black shirt and like the gold chain over it. Is it that guy? Is it the Jersey Shore cast? Oh God, maybe. Is it maybe. Joey from Friends or Chandler? 
I wouldn't say Chandler. Is it Joey? I would say it's more of a Joey. Is it? I have never left Texas. <laughs> <laughs> You've left Texas. I've gone on vacation to other places. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I'm like, yes, you have. <laughs> okay. But I've never like Just as an adult. Texas. Yeah. 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 I got you. Y'all send me plane tickets to your hometown and show me your Charlie's. Yeah. There's definitely hillbillies up north. They just, they're different class. You know what I mean? It's like a different vibe. Yeah. So Charlie is, he's got a good look for himself. And honestly, I'm going to say this. Normally when people wear that, at least here around the Austin area, it's for fakes. Like you're not really a rancher, sir. You don't need boots and a hat. Let me tell you right now, you haven't been near a cow in your entire life. And you moved here from California. Right. Like, all of a sudden, like... Go oh, fuck yourself. Like, Ted Cruz, actually. The Canadian um, yeah, transplant go, who claims that he's yourself. from Texas. Yeah. Um, yes. So, Charlie was the real deal, okay? Yeah. Charlie? Okay. Yeah. So, when Charlie was 10, his parents separated and left it up to him as to who he was going to live with. Mm, okay. And Charlie chose to live with his father. Now, I personally think that leaving this decision up to a 10-year-old is a little much... But, because, I mean, at, at 10, that's a really tough decision to make. It is. I think it, it was good they at least gave him a say, but I wouldn't leave the whole decision up to him. Agreed. I mean, the whole divorce was rough, and there was a lot of custody fights, and the parents trying to use Charlie against one another. But in the end, his mom moved to Del Rio, which was more than 480 miles away, and he only ever got to see her once or twice a year. Charlie and his dad... Bobby Lee. Oh, God. <laughs> you know I love me a double name. Yes. We're close. Um, Charlie would go with Bobby Lee on his woodworking jobs. Um, but it was obvious to a lot of people that Charlie craved warmth and gratification and love. I mean, because even though you're close with your father and you have that parent, nothing substitutes a mother Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, like a, a, nothing substitutes a loving mother. Like if, like if, yeah, yeah. Just having another, a loving parent as well as a parent who may be a little bit more authoritarian, you know? Yeah. Not saying like the job should be split necessarily, but it does help to have a parent that's yes caring. Yes. So Charlie does claim that he was battling alcoholism and that he hid it from everyone. He said he had a bottle of Ezra Brooks, which is a Kentucky bourbon, under his mattress and a case of beer under his bed. Ooh, that's not good. As a teenager, he's battling alcoholism already? That self-claims. I mean... That's true. Oh, it's... Okay, so he's saying that? Yes. Although drinking in teenage years is not good. But, again, what the fuck else are you going to do in a rural-ass town? Okay, so... Big D grew up yep. in a small town. Yep. Drinking in a small town during this time is different than drinking in the city. Absolutely. All country people, this is what they do. Yep. They get drunk all the t- every weekend, all the time, because there's literally nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. The cops don't pull you over. Or if they do, they just follow you home to make sure you get home safe. You know, you it's a different culture. It's a different way of life. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Absolutely. And now my husband hardly ever drinks because he drank so much as a kid. He's mm-hmm. like, 
kind of got it all out. He's like, I'm <laughs> over it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you see my husband drink, it's a rare occasion. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we'll go to dinner. I'm like, please have something to drink with me. And he's like, fine. And then he won't finish it. Right. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> More for me. <laughs> so, um, now there was talk about how naive Erin was due to her years of homeschooling and that she didn't understand what boys were really after, but I really believe that she loved all the attention. Um, and I don't believe she was that naive. I think she knew what the boys wanted and that she loved I loved it because she didn't get it at home because her parents were only focused on church and religion. Right. So speaking of the church, let me give you this little gem of a quote by the youth leader, Sarah Mish. She said, I don't mean this ugly. First of all, oh, when God. someone says that, you know the exact, they know exactly what they're saying and that it's exactly how they mean it. That's just my opinion. So she says, I don't mean this ugly, but Aaron, a lot of times changed boyfriends like the rest of us changed our clothes. You never knew who she was going out with. She had lots of little boys, young boys, young men around her. We never, so we never knew. We never knew. Thanks, youth leader, for slut shaming a 16 year old girl. No wonder she has issues. Pretty much. So, Charlie and Aaron um, became inseparable. Um, Charlie would go to the coffee house in the evenings, greet Terry and Penny, and chat with them about work and the people they knew in common because everyone knew everyone. He would hang out with Aaron and her brothers. On the nights, the family would build a bonfire because that's what people do on the reg in the country. If y'all didn't know, they build bonfires like legit. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, okay, if everyone's seen Shit's Creek, you know, when they go to that random, like, place to drink in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. Oh, yeah, they do that in it. the country, like, Every weekend. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. So when they build the bonfire, Charlie would help out, but he would always make sure Aaron was close by to him. And at 9 p.m., Terry would say it was time for Charlie to leave. And he would politely tell the caffies good night and go home and wait for Aaron to call him. And then they would talk on the phone till her 10 p.m. curfew. And then whenever Aaron would take her break at Sonic, Charlie would always be there waiting to join her on her break. This sounds like every single teenage relationship to me. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yep. this doesn't nothing raise any red flags. No. Nothing nothing's and in fact, the fact that he's respectful whenever his parents say, Hey, her parents say, Hey, you need to leave. He's like, Okay. Yeah. And he's respecting all the curfews. He's, yeah. It's, okay, what's the problem? But Penny and Terry didn't approve of Charlie. Because he wasn't a Christian, because he wasn't like them, what? Well, Charlie didn't realize this because he felt he was always re polite and respectful to them. And I assumed it was because he was not a member of the Miracle Faith Baptist Church. And Charlie was described by many as a lonely but likable kid, but desperate for love and acceptance. And people theorized that this is why it was easy for Aaron to control him. And the classmate said his greatest crime was wearing his cowboy hat to class 
y'all, you don't wear a cowboy hat inside. You don't wear any hat inside, unless you're a woman. Well, at least that's the last rules I knew about, if you're, yeah. you know, following those. <laughs> yeah. So, let me tell you why they didn't like him. And it's all because of first impressions. First impressions are everything. So apparently the first time Charlie and Terry met, Terry walked in the house and Charlie was sitting in Terry's armchair with his feet dangling off the side. And Charlie didn't bother to stand and properly introduce himself or shake Terry's hand. Well, that's it for me. Charlie must be a hoodlum who needs to go to reform school. The fuck, Terry? Yeah. I mean... This is ridiculous. I mean, you may be right. Sure, that would have been nice. But, I mean, to write him off completely because of that one instance? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So, people who know Charlie said that this is just a product of his more casual upbringing versus the cafe's strict protocols. Pretty much. Like, this... is a miscommunication. Really. Yeah. He has no idea that what he's doing, quote-unquote, wrong. Exactly right. Like, this has no bearing on... The type of person he is. Like, he was following all your rules. He was polite. You know, he had conversations with you. I mean, I had some boyfriends in high school that would not talk to my parents. Right. You know? Yeah. So, another of of Terry's grievances against Charlie was that he claimed Erin began acting differently when she began dating Charlie. That she started to disagree with her parents more. Charlie has said that I think she was doing that even before she met me. She was getting into that rebellious stage. My perception of her was that she'd been the perfect Christian-going little angel as long as her parents had complete control over her. The kids did everything their parents wanted, but she got a job and started dating me and wanted more freedom. She was breaking away from them. I agree with Charlie's statement 1,052 million percent. I think he hit the nail exactly on the head with that. Yeah. I do too. And her parents blamed it completely on Charlie. Well, yeah, because it's like, how can my daughter ever do anything like this? Surely you corrupted her. We raised her the right way. There's a Bible verse that says, raise a child in the way that they should go and they will not depart from it. And that is the verse that has been weaponized in, don't worry, they'll come back to their Christian beliefs at the end. You know, like... They may be on the wrong path now, but one day, you know, so it's makes sense. I, I don't like Terry and Penny, by the way. No, what? (laughs) So according to Terry, Charlie had broken Erin down, calling her dumb, telling her she was too skinny one day and too fat the next until her self-worth was destroyed. Terry said that, um, he could tell something wasn't quite right Aaron wasn't taking care of her personal hygiene, like washing her hair, wearing deodorant. Then there was Charlie's controlling behavior. He wanted to know where she was. Oh, and he would shower her with roses and other gifts. And he was so protective. Uh, How dare he give her gifts? I know. All those little $2 Walmart bears, right? How dare he? Yeah. So at one point, Penny's mom claimed that things got so bad in the cafe home that Aaron actually chose to stay with her for a short time. Damn. Yeah, Aaron was like, fuck this. Y'all are crazy. Yeah. Like, 
I, I, I'm just dating a person. I'm not like making black tar heroin in the basement or something like relax. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just ridiculous is what it is because it's a boy. Like here's the thing. Here's how I see it. The more you tell them they can't see the other person, the more they're going to want to see them. Absolutely. Because you've, you've basically given them, here's a cool thing you're not supposed to have. And what does everyone want? Every human being goes, I want that thing. Exactly right. So then, Exactly yeah. right. So Charlie actually wanted Aaron and her parents to work out their differences. And for Terry and Penny to see him as the stand-up guy he thought he was. He loved their daughter and he didn't understand why they all just couldn't be happy. Well, Charlie, it's because you're boning their daughter and God says that's wrong. That's why you all can't be one happy family. Yeah, basically. I mean, so Charlie was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start going to the Miracle Faith Baptist Church. And that's what he did in November of 2007. Okay, so he actually was like, you know what? That's cool. You guys don't accept me. This will be a way for you to accept me. Yep. And be a part of your family. That's really good. Like, yep. that's a huge step. You know, because love makes people do crazy ass things. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah. go to church. <laughs> he would go on Sundays and Wednesdays. Wow. Wow. He really liked her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one person who saw them at church claims that Charlie seemed obsessed and possessive. And there was nothing positive about that. But Charlie's friends believe that Aaron could be just as controlling as her boyfriend and arguably more manipulative. And there was a time when Aaron didn't want Charlie to hang out with Michael Dickinson. Michael actually lived with Charlie and the pair was like brothers. So, I mean, there's a little bit of jealousy and controlling behavior going both ways here. No, okay. It, again, they're in high school. Exactly right. In high school, you get upset. You want to be with the person when they're, they can't be with you. You get mad. And you, Why do you have to hang out with your friends? I want to hang out with you. And yeah, it's crazy. So right before Christmas, Aaron told her parents she wanted to go back to school. And despite the arguments at home, the Caffies agreed to let her go back to public school. And Aaron had started talking about a career in the military, and her parents were proud and supportive of that plan. They probably assumed if she was in the military, she wouldn't be able to see Charlie and, mm -hmm. you know. Exactly. So Bubba and Tyler actually had already started back to public school in the fall. And Bubba had told his parents... He had wanted to see his friends on a daily basis, and that's why they put him back in public school. And so far, the experience had been a good one, so they decided to allow Aaron to go back as well. Notice they let the boys go back first. Yeah. Like, I guess it's like a trial to see, you know, like, what happens if I, we do this? I guess. Because, you know. Well, because they were Boys are the better. Ones, well, I think it's also because they weren't the ones... Again, causing problems, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, well, we know that they're not going to act a fool in school. So we'll send them back. And then yeah. we'll see if she's okay. And sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, so age-wise, Aaron was supposed to be a junior. But after um, being tested, she was placed in the ninth grade and registered in a special education program. This is because at 16, Anne's reading skills were on a sixth grade level and her math, vocabulary, language mechanics, and reading comprehension, comprehension, comprehension were between a fifth and sixth grade level. Damn. I'm sorry. This just proves that 
you know, homeschooling, not the best plan. Not always, no. Not at all. Because, like, again, she's obviously developmentally behind, which is sad, you know. Penny it's- should not have taken that on. Mm. Goddamn lesbians. <laughs> Ruining the world for everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Yeah, of course. Of course we are. So Aaron and Charlie were now able to see each other every day at school. Nice. Aha, Tenny, Penny and Terry. We fooled you. They would eat lunch together every day and hold hands in the hallway. And Terry and Penny were actually trying to be open-minded, and they would occasionally allow Aaron and Charlie to go out to dinner as long as Aaron was home by 9.30. But more often than not, they would not go out to dinner but they would go to a friend's house where they would disappear into the bedroom. Of course. And do normal teenage shit. And we all know what goes on in bedrooms. Bow, chicka, <laughs> party. Bow, bow. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what? Get it. Yeah. I mean, come on now. For a while, everything seemed copacetic. Erin was following her parents' rules, and Charlie was going to church. And they were hoping once Charlie... Charlie entered the military, which was his plan, Aaron would forget about him. So basically, TMP were just biding their time. Right. For this little romance to like fizzle, fizzle out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they normally do. And that's fine. And that's actually, I'm actually impressed that they decided to go that route because I thought they may go nuclear and it didn't sound like they did. Well, they tried. Well, yeah, but even still, like they could have gone even farther is what i'm saying so all right so um but then but then charlie up the ante okay charlie gave aaron his grandmother's engagement ring oh man now this was not a proposal it was a promise ring yeah okay oh my god i'm getting cringe chills right now oh my god (laughs) penny and terry did not like this new turn of events Terry hunted Charlie down while he was playing basketball outside the fellowship hall of the church and told him his little girl should not be parading around with a wedding ring. And Charlie kind of did not give a shit. So TMP told Aaron to ditch the ring and the boy. And so Charlie was trying to get Aaron to run away with him. Terry believed that Charlie was controlling Aaron with alcohol and sex. He told the Dallas Morning News, I think giving herself to him like that messed her up. We brought her to believe sex was for the marital bed, and I think she figured, I already slept with this guy. Now I'm going to have to marry him. I mean, not really. No. She just really liked orgasms. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like, okay, whatever. Whatever, Terry. Terry's crazy. So July 18th, 2008, Aaron called Charlie crying and said Penny had hit her and she had a bruise on her face. Aaron said she couldn't talk long because she was afraid her mom would hit her again. Then she called Charlie back about 20 minutes later and confirmed that Penny had hit her. Aaron called um, back about 20 minutes after that and Charlie missed her call and she left a voicemail saying, that he couldn't call her back because she was afraid she would get hit again. So Charlie called Aaron's aunt, and Aaron's aunt said that she would take care of her if she needed a safe place to go. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Charlie also, Charlie gives zero fucks. FYI. (laughs) Okay. 
Charlie also went to the sheriff's station. All right. And filed a report saying Aaron was in danger. Later, Terry insisted that Aaron never had been hit by either of her parents, but at the time, neither him nor Penny were aware that Charlie went to the police station because after Charlie initially talked to them, he called back saying Aaron had fixed the problem and there was no need to go to their house. So I guess Aaron had called him and said, don't, don't send the police to my house. It'll, you know, it'll make things worse, whatever, whatever. Right. Like, like, we're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. So Aaron's kind of got her own agenda. Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, okay. So Terry and Penny were trying to compromise with Aaron the best they could when it came to Charlie. So they decided Aaron could see Charlie. Um, but there were more limitations now than before. Now Charlie could only visit once a week in their home under their watch, and this pissed Aaron off. So she started planning to run away. And in February, Penny grounded Aaron for talking to Charlie without permission, and she took Aaron's phone and keys and banned Charlie from the home. They would drop Aaron off at school and be waiting for her to pick her up when school was over. They also made her quit her job. Then Penny went to the library and found Charlie's MySpace page where she didn't like what she saw. I mean, he's a 17-year-old kid. Of course she didn't like what she saw. Yeah, let me guess. This guy's like a black background with green neon like lettering everywhere and some fucking Jason Aldean song because that was big back in the early 2000s, like blaring as soon as you yeah. opened it up. Yeah, dude. I, I don't I know. I get it. So she came home, told Terry, and he told Aaron that she either had to break up with Charlie or they would do it for her. Yeah, Okay. I mean, so far, Aaron has basically been living my childhood right now, which is a little disturbing. It's kind of making me like, am I bringing up repressed memories? I'm I'm getting triggered. I'm getting a little triggered. Do we need to get a therapist on the phone? No, I'm going to be fine. I'm just going to do like I normally do. Just, you know. Push it back down. Push it right back down. Okay. Do we need to get some alcohol involved? (laughs) Um, Uh, No, that's later. (laughs) I totally lost my spot out. Okay. Terry was prepared for a fight, but that's not what he got. Aaron was just said, okay, I was thinking about doing it anyways, and she would do it at church on Wednesday. Okay, yeah. So she was like, mm, I'm bored with him. Okay, MBG. sure. Whatever. So at church that Wednesday, Charlie knew something wasn't right because Aaron went out of her way to sit on the other side of the room and telling people she didn't want to be near him. And then there was a rumor spreading that Aaron was thinking about dating a boy whose mom was a church member and the complete opposite of Charlie. Mm. Of course she was. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone knew how dramatic Aaron was, so there was questions about if this was just a ruse to make TMP think she was dumping Charlie but still going to see him on the sly. Duh. I mean, a fucking course. Of course it was. And she didn't tell Charlie because it has to be believable. Right. But then she'd probably like pull him aside at the end of church and go like, I'm going to pretend like I'm breaking up with you. You're going to be like super pissed. And then we're right. going to see each other later. Right, right, yeah. right. Pick me up. At blah, blah, blah by the Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> so that night, Aaron unfortunately missed her opportunity to drop Charlie. Oopsies. Oh, I totally forgot. So her parents told her again, you do it or we will. She promised she would do it at school the next day. The next day, Aaron gave Charlie his ring and his dog tags back. Yeah, he had dog tags. Oh, God. Um, of course he did. She told him, here's your stuff. I can't have it. My mom's going to take it away. We can't be together because of them. 
Charlie said they had a heated conversation, but at the end of the day, he convinced her to take his stuff back. According to Penny's mom, Aaron didn't take the stuff back. Charlie slipped them into her backpack. So, I know that Aaron took the shit back. You know Aaron took the shit back. Yeah. That's just the story that she told Penny and Penny related to her mom, you know? Yeah. So, Charlie had a plan for them to be together, though. And you're going to love this. He figured if Aaron got pregnant, they could be together because Terry and Penny would kick Aaron out of the house. Oh, my God. Okay, so the guy came up with this plan instead of... Normally, that's the, the girl that comes up with that plan to entrap the guy. You know, he's like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm pregnant. And he's like, shit, and he has to stay. Yeah, no. No, he was like, here's our plan. He's like, they're so uber strict and religious. If she gets pregnant, they're going to kick her ass he, out. He's right. And you know they don't believe in abortion. Right. So she's going to have to keep it, and he's going to have to marry her. Exactly right. So his plan, he's, he's correct. Exactly right. I'm actually surprised they haven't gotten pregnant already. To be perfectly honest, I I am shocked because she is not on birth control. There is zero nope. chance of that. Nope. And I'm assuming he knows about condoms? Question mark? Well, he's not religious. I so. know, but do they actually teach sex ed in Texas at all, even in public schools? But, I mean... Like, besides abstinence is what I'm saying. They I'm sure... abstinence, but... I'm sure Bobby Lee taught him about condoms. I hope so. Okay. So, Aaron had a different plan. A plan I'm going to tell you in part two. Oh, you got me. You actually got me. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Damn, girl. Okay, so now we're on the cusp of their plans to... Charlie's to stay together. We'll see what Aaron's plan is. But, ooh, this is a good one. I'm excited. I'm not going to tell you, tell you, tell you till next week. <laughs> All right, y'all. Till next week. Stay tuned. We got part two coming up next week. We really hope you like it. And if you really, really, really want to listen to all the episodes. We're putting them all up at one time on our Patreon. Yep. So you can listen to them back to back to back. So your work day goes by a lot faster. Listen to me ramble on and on and on about the Cavies and Charlie. <laughs> exactly. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.